Hello and welcome to the High Wide and Handsome podcast, episode 54 featuring Big Dawn. Uh, talk about timing. Uh, <laughs> I think some people thought this one was a market employee. Dawn um, not only disabled his Twitter account, it was just in the wake of some major uh, manipulation of some players' prices uh, that he is a big holder in. So I have no doubt that some of you have came here because of just that. If you are here, make sure you subscribe, leave a review if you want. Let me know what you think of this podcast. It was great having Don back on. Very interesting character, and he's got a lot of a lot of time for the platform and a lot of money in the platform. Uh, but it was great to talk to him. So thanks again to Big Don for coming on. And we talk about it throughout this podcast, but just to really reiterate, I think this announcement was really really well done. It was needed. It was called on by the community, and they listened, which is brilliant. You can ask for nothing more. Do you know, we, we can all stick our heads in the sand and pretend there was no issues. There was definitely a large issue in the market for, for some time there. And I think they reacted very well. I'm very happy they listened. I'm very happy that they lifted a lot of the uncertainty around the market. And yeah, just I'm buzzing for the 9th of July now, onwards and upwards. Let's get this thing to a million. A million? Let's get this thing to a billion uh, of a cap or more more the sky is the limit um, and it's great to see the ambition football index have just before we we get into this it's time just to give the shout out to the one and only sponsor of the show uh footstock uh, you're sick of hearing about them by now and that's for good reason it's because everyone's loving the platform there has been a bit of a dip in the market some people have realized that real football dynamic uh, ppgs which is kind of like almost like the pb of football of footstock uh those ppgs are dynamic now because people are playing and uh, some people just can't stomach it some people don't have the time to put in lineups which is fair but there's definitely a great growing community there i'm quite close and talk to the guys who, who run footstock and they've got some serious plans uh, there's a who scored partnerships been announced they've got a 100k free roll coming in a few months honestly I don't think there's a better time to get involved because the prices in the market are so low. But look, if you've been listening to me for a year now and still haven't taken the plunge, you're probably not going to. But if you're a new listener, I would highly advise you give Footstock a go. And if you're someone who's been resistant so far, why not just sign up with the link, get the bonus cards and have a go. You get some tournament credit too. You can have have a bit of fun on the site, see what you think. Anyway, let's get straight into this one. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you again next week. And now I'm joined, for the second time actually, about a year after the first, by the one and only Big Dawn. Big Dawn, how are you? Hello, good afternoon, John. Um, how are we getting on? It's been a long time, hasn't it? I think I was one of your first people on the podcast, was I? I was in the first five, for sure. You were, you were definitely like episode three or four, maybe, maybe even two. I feel that, I've been a bit neglected, I'm not going to lie to you. Well, you see, Don, here's the thing, I'd love to have you on every week, but I try and, um, with this podcast, I try and have different guests every week, I've only actually, you're, you're the second, you're the third returning guest, the first was Jay Hall, because he wanted to come on, Yeah. Uh, well, not that he wanted to, but he, well, I'm sure he did, but he came on to discuss the career, dividend, intrinsic value sort of discussion, um, and then the second was... If I focus there a week or two ago, just because that was the anniversary of the first episode, and now it's been a year, I feel like, right, I can go back around all those guests again. It's fair. Fair game now. It's been a year with no no real repeats, so... Yeah. Um, oh, I'm honoured to be on again. And then, 
we can have a good chinwag. Absolutely. And talk about timing, Don. Do you know, people were thinking it was like a marketing thing. You can't write I'd put you up to it. Do you know, the, the Twitter was disabled. It was ominous. Yeah. Uh, not long after some events. But before we get into anything else, yeah. um, for those that have lived under a rock, obviously, as cliche as it sounds, and don't know you, who is Big Don? Well, Big Don's like a football index character. Like, I just feel like, you know, you know how he talks in the third person, which is a bit like stupid, really. I wish I could, I've gone too far to get out of it. That's I can't really reverse out of it, but you, you, at least he can be boastful, you know, and then I can say that it's not me. Like, my name's O. Stephen, but like, I put like Big Don's the character, you know, he's larger than life, like one of them bra- braggy type characters. Well, that's it. Yeah. You can get away with things that you wouldn't as Stephen. Yeah, and then, so I, I just feel it gives you a license to. That's half the reason I, uh, you know, I disabled my uh, Twitter the other day because I was like, get, like, I just wanted a day off. Just let's go out and play some golf and go for a walk with the dogs and everything like that. And then when Paolo Di- when Dybala got star man on Friday night, like, oh, di- like, I, I uh, reversed the process and then stuck the tweet <laughs> out just to say I've gone nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not fucking leaving. Yeah, I'm not leaving. I haven't gone anywhere. I'm still, I'm still on the site. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that that that's uh, that's good. So people who don't know you, uh, maybe yeah. people who aren't on Twitter well, or I'll listeners. get into that. Yeah. Well, when I was, when I started off going back to the beginning, uh, my friend who's actually Bishop from Index Gain, which is a very good data site with a good community, uh, he just mentioned Football Index. We used to do various gambling ventures together, and he put me onto Football Index. And at first, I looked at it, I thought, I can't see much in it. Really, I just thought mm. I didn't. I, I wasn't. I just. Uh, I didn't really think much of it at first, but then the whole thing just grew on me, and I just put, started buying loads of players, like small amounts of a lot of players, and then over time, which happens to quite a lot of people, you start getting more and more involved and sucked in, sucked into the communities, sucked into Twitter, you know, and then index gain was going from strength to strength, and before you know it, it's quite a lot of it becomes a large part of your life. And then mm. you, you watch more football, you become more knowledgeable, you read more books to do with trading, like about trading psychology, and then it just builds up and then you get to where you are. So as a result of that, I like I'm, I'm, I was famously called the stamp collector because I had like getting on for 14, what did I, it's like getting on for 1400 players, which a lot of people felt was too many, but it was sort of a, it was my tactic just to buy and forget really. And obviously that worked up to a point and then about a month ago I had a massive tra- change of strategy where I just sold off a load of players and then went in for some more premium holds. So and all that process has taken about two and a half years. I think in November I've been on for three years. Yeah, well that, that's something I wanted to talk about. It's probably a good segue into it. The The strategy change, you went from 1,400 players to now you're sitting at 646 as we record. What sort of gave you the idea to do that or made you actually take the plunge? And, and how did you go about doing it while trying to incur as few losses as possible? Well, obviously, you keep up to date on Twitter. And I always felt like, in spite of my strategy not being optimal, I was taking low risk, like generally, and it was quite stress-free. But I was keeping up with a lot of sort of my uh, peers. You know, I won't name any names, but you know when you get them monthly profit yeah uh, the football index monthly profit so uh, uh, email 
and everyone posts, I think, yeah, I'm doing all right, I'm doing all right. And then when COVID came along, a lot of people kept on making a lot of money and uh, I was a bit slow to react, didn't react very well to it, made a few wrong moves, sold Sancho uh, and all my lower end players bombed. So while some people had their biggest month in, was it March, April? People were like posting massive profits and I was like largely, I dipped a lot and then recovered. So I felt like I was getting left behind. So yeah. I, I felt like I've, I've, I've had two years to learn the ropes on football index. Uh, so let's let's change it up and go bigger in, into my favoured holes and just go bigger and sell up a lot of the ones that are stagnant, you know, and the market's changing anyway, so the intrinsic value is becoming more important in 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 your holes. So let's get rid of some of the ones that aren't as valuable and go into the ones that are valuable. So yeah, and it happened. And ha- all, it, it happened. Yeah, go on. Sorry, I was just going to say with the matching engines introduction just over a month ago now. It's probably the timing. I mean, in terms of selling, now you couldn't have sold throughout COVID because there was no instant sell option and market sell might have took you a while. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and then whenever this matching engine came in, well, you could have sold the market. It would probably take a long time. But I suppose when you have that many players, it might be worth just listening and forgetting. Is that what you did, or did you just did you do that with ones with big spreads and maybe just bite the bullet on ones with smaller spreads in the within the matching engine, or how did you go about that? I did a bit of both. It was the uh, sort of the flashpoint that led me to do this strategy change, because I'm a bit of a all or nothing person. But when Jaden Sancho got his hat trick about at the back end of it was the back end of May, he scored that hat trick, didn't he? And his price yeah. barely moved up. I thought, right, either he's overpriced or the market's just not reacting to him. So I sold a load of close spread players and the matching engine had just started up, I think, at that point on the twenty second of May. So it was about a week into it, and I just suddenly had the idea: let's get on, let's jump onto Jaden Sancho as best I can, as quickly as I can, and it all just stemmed from there. Really, I think I went, I went a bit overboard, you know, did it too quickly, <laughs> but but that's the way I did it. And then I, after Sancho, I went up to Trent Alexander Arnold, and so to me, they were the two players that the market liked quite a lot, and that's been a fault of mine in the past. I've have held my own opinions too much maybe and not followed what the market thinks mm. you know you'll never hear a bad word said against Jaden Sancho or Trent Alexander-Arnold in general so I felt let's just get on to them too and then after that let's go into the two players that I like which is Joshua Kimmich and Paolo, Paolo Dybala so I made them four my biggest holes and then I've, I've added to them with some others as well so I'm going to have a, like, a nucleus of nine or ten players. And then going forward, I'll probably maybe go into another ten players after that. I like that. The nucleus of yeah, the portfolio. Nucleus. I like that. Yeah. yeah. The eye of the storm. That's it, yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, yeah. I'd love to do something similar. I think something that a lot of people listening will be going through at the minute is this. There's been an announcement. We'll get into that. Uh, I'm sure you all know about it very well by now, but what a lot of people are probably going through is this feeling of I want to sell all these young these smaller players these lower price players these players that maybe aren't as dividend driven uh, maybe more for cap app or maybe more for that 1pb win a season type player or IPD players 
they want to sell them and they want to buy Sancho, they want to buy Trent, you know, they want to buy Haaland and Mbappe, but what's happening is they can't sell them without taking a 30% hit. And that's where I am. I was telling you just before we recorded, like, yeah. I mean, my collection's nowhere near yours, but it's, I mean, 13, 14K. Um, I'd love to just sell up and go like 3K in, into like five players because it's exactly what you're saying there. It's the sentiment. It's the, and it's just, I think you learn a lot as you go, you, as football index evolves and as the market evolves and as time goes on and the surefire safest option is just to get those guys that no one can say a bad word about and the bad word people could say about Trent was the cross and matrix but that's in for another year yeah a lot's gonna happen there. in the next year you yeah. know I think what it was I was learning quite a lot like through the two and a half years but I wasn't acting on what I was learning mm. so now I've gone I've switched it around so now I'm gonna have to use what I've learned in my decision making because you do build up a lot of it's like the university of football index and like without even trying you're learning a lot day in day out like from all these podcasts twitter uh you might go away and read psychology books you know so it's you're learning all the time so i, I just didn't feel like i was putting it to good use i suppose with having the big portfolio i had the advantage that I could uh, cherry pick this the low spreads you know, on the yeah. matching end, when the new matching engine came on, like some, I could get rid of some prem, some top two hundred players that had low spreads. You know, they might have had a, you might have had say three pound buy, two pound ninety sell, you know, instant sell, on some of them. But it it changes all the time. The spreads change all the time. So sometimes they do come into quite good value to sell. I mean, ideally, I can't remember what the spreads were pre-COVID, but like you said, I was stuck during that period and I wasn't too bothered because I was still raking in quite a lot of dividends and I hadn't lost by the end of it I hadn't lost too much money but I felt a bit that I'd been left behind by some other traders in like the profit stakes so yeah uh, but the matching engine did create an opportunity but don't get me wrong I have chucked away some players at a big loss maybe you know into the 20 percents I do have a cut off, but when that red mist hits and you have a sell off and you see your balance go up, you know, and you've got a few thousand pounds to spend, then you're more inclined to sell people off too cheaply. But then on the flip side of that, then if you buy the right players with them released funds, then you're making it back on on them dividends that you might get off that player and the price increase. Something I just wanted to cover then, I suppose, because obviously which is only fair most of this podcast is going to be very very positive about what football index's actions have been recently and yeah. you know because the announcements just happened but i mean half of this week and before we i put out for questions actually the announcement wasn't made and something i just want to kind of address in the community and i think it's it's important and i mean if i'm not going to do it here where the fuck am i going to do it yeah something that really pisses me off don is this inability for a lot of people to have a discussion it's an argument okay. or they view talking negatively about football index and you can come back at me and give me reasons why you disagree or agree or whatever but whenever you try and give constructive criticism or criticism about fi yeah and it's received with fuck me like kind of just just this negative this negative thing not this discussion this kind of cotton candy and rainbows everything's gonna be rockets 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 patience and this and that and patience is fucking fine but if there wasn't the reaction within the community from people who spoke up and said this is actually not good do you know this is not good maybe football index wouldn't have acted and i've sang the praises of the matching engine before and the matching engine i am sure i i fucking loved it at the start but i think yeah. what happened was everyone got excited thinking 
I can get players at twenty percent of a, a discount more. They get all these players, but then you very quickly realize that the prices are quite stagnant and it's really hard to sell without taking a hit. Yeah. Like I, and I, that that was the flaw, you know, and yeah. I feel football index have given us the date of August for this phase two yeah. when Adam Cole told us on a QA two weeks ago they could implement it in a week if engineering had their way, but they're trying to get people used to it. And it's a case yeah. of for me, well we're fucking used to it, do you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know we yeah. are fucking used to it think, and we need these offers to come in for a more liquid market because as i've already said it's very frustrating and i think it takes away two things done and sorry i'm going off on a bit of a monologue cool. here the first thing it does is it makes the, bo- the platform more boring it's very very well when you're the type of person who's on football index to buy and hold for a long period and that's great and fair play to you for your patience and well done with your discipline but what you need to realize is it is a gambling platform and a lot of people who use it are people who love gambling who want to go on the, the people who basically sell you players cheap or who rocket up a price when someone does something are these impulsive people who are gamblers who come in to stick their 50 quid in and they pile it into a player and they sell it if he doesn't get a goal and win pb and they move and they do this they're the ones who are filling fi's coffers you do not want to scare away those people who like to be able to buy and sell without taking a 40 percent hit yeah. they're happy with 10 percent you know they're happy with maybe yeah maybe yeah, just yeah. pushing it yeah. but you don't want to make it a stagnant platform where people yeah. can't move in and out of players easily because that'll put off those who are a bit more impulsive who are a bit more gambly so that's the first thing it takes away the, the fun because you just have to sit in your holds yeah um, you bang which, on there in all that yeah um, do you want me to pipe in there or do, do if you have something to say do yeah well, I think when the matching engine came in on the 22nd of May, it was a bit of a novelty. And it created to create a new dynamic to the market for a period of time, and people were enjoying it. Uh, but what after a couple of weeks, what the market desperately needs is the opposite, you know, to have the offers side of it to come in, which is going to come at the end of August or whenever Adam Cole said. Uh, what I didn't like about the whole thing was the deathly silence from football index just leaving it as that i mean yeah. we've just had the massive pandemic you know the biggest catastrophe in our lifetimes and we haven't heard anything from football index since adam cole's q a which he didn't give a great deal away on so like, i just felt like the market was in a state of limbo because there was only one half of the matching engine implemented and then like you say a lot of the players like 40, 50% spreads, even 100% spreads if there's no sell price. So I think I did put out a tweet about two weeks ago about we could do with knowing some time scale. I mean, we know it now because that, that announcement yesterday, uh, Adam Cole was, or the day before, sorry. It was a really good announcement, positive. We've got dates, even though it's a long way off. Yeah. I think that's what you're alluding to. It's August is still a long time to wait, but it's best that we get it right. And at least we've got a date to aim for. You know, and, and, and they're going to announce the dividend increase, which is going to help. But 100%. The, mar- the market's basically half finished. And it, it needs to be finished. And then all the once once you get the flip side of bids in, offers, when people can set their sell price, which will be displayed as the market buy, then what will happen is the spreads will close up. Uh, it will act on negatively on the market price as we see it today. However, they've timed the dividend increase well because that's going to keep the market price up. So the spreads will the spreads will reduce come August once that new feature is implemented and we've got full order books. The spread should the spread should uh, like really decrease and then you'll have a much more liquid market. But obviously in the meantime the market up till 
Friday, the market's been stagnant. And 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 the other point would be, yeah, like what you were saying, it wouldn't be good fun for a new user. New user coming in, say two weeks ago, you'd be thinking, what the hell is this all about? This uh, football index is a load of crap because you can't you buy a player and then you're stuck with a player. You can't sell it on. Uh, and most people operate on a shorter time scale, don't they? Than three months or three years, they like yeah. more operating on a time scale of a week. And th- that market wasn't catering for that sort of. Uh, that sort of trader well i think so the, the first thing is for me the enjoyment there the second thing is the, the, the pricing system being so flawed at the minute in terms of moving prices up and down what, what also has been taken out is the ability to make money not now that that is a big statement and it's not true and i, I don't actually mean it now that i've said it <laughs> you can still make plenty of money what i'm saying is do you know this kind of you buy a player he gets the cap app like the cap app's not going because everyone's being cheeky and sticking in little fun bids there needs so, to be sorry john i'm interrupting but when I just, work away. there needs to be the ability like what you said to make money but also needs to be the ability to lose money you know for it to and the crucial ingredient for football index it has to be fun if it's not fun then it won't survive long term but it is fun that's the fortunate thing when it's fully functioning market it is brilliant fun you know on a saturday afternoon when when all the football pv scores is coming in you're watching your footballer in the in the match like it's it's, that's what brings us all to it but when all that suffers then and, and it's not fun then you wonder where it's going Exactly. We need a bit of volatility. We need rises and we need fallers because that's where people make money and that's where the, the endorphins come from and that's where the fun comes from. Yeah. But look, we're talking about old things because this is going to be changing. Now, I don't think those spreads are going to tighten up anytime soon. Um, no. Well, obviously, the dividend announcement coming on 9th of July will help that, but we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, something else just wanted to briefly touch on again is just whenever you were talking about the roadmap and you put out for that a couple of weeks ago i remember talking to joe briggs on the podcast maybe two months ago ish two three months ago and i remember one of the questions i put to him saying like was do you not think a roadmap would be a good idea do you not think like a roadmap people are asking for to be good for people to understand when this is going to come in that's going to come in what's happening with this what's happening with that and his kind of view was like they didn't really want to do it because they didn't have concrete dates and they didn't want to let people down or put themselves in a position But obviously, and I think this is great and fair dues to Football Index, they've listened. Do you know, that pressure ramped up as time went on and as nothing was happening in the market, the pressure ramped up and they acted and they acted brilliantly. Now, would I have liked them to have done it a bit earlier? Yes, but that doesn't fucking matter. They've done it. It's unprecedented what they're doing. You're not going to get everything right. You're not going to get everything perfect. And who knows, maybe it was perfectly timed from a from their standpoint. They have more yeah. information than me and half the trolls on Twitter. Um, I think but do you have something else you want to go on there yeah I think as far as I'm concerned that announcement on Friday night is probably one of the best ones ever because it's given us like yeah. concrete concrete uh, a, like a concrete more concrete roadmap you know the, we know that the matrix isn't going to change until the back end of next season ready for the season after you know they're bringing in new dividends they've basically done everything that everyone wanted but they just could have done with being a bit earlier, maybe. But then there is the fact maybe maybe football index like us to be a bit in the dark, you know, and a bit restless. And then when they do make an announcement, when you've had a period of restlessness in the market, then bang, there's the announcement. Everyone's like cock a hoop. <laughs> it's got more of an effect. Whereas everyone's happy all the time, then the announcement doesn't make any difference. 
You know, if, if the football index kept us happy all the time, then they'd never be able to make us more happy. But if they piss us <laughs> off, if they piss us off from time to time and make us all doom and gloom on Twitter and on, on Slack and on the forum and everyone's, oh, this is crap, and then they bang in the big announcement, then it's got that much more of an effect. You know, Marketing it's like it's been, the big yeah. dawn. It's like, do you know what it's like? It's like when you're trying to get a girl and you nagger. Do you know that book? There's a book that's yeah. like, if you want a girl, you're supposed to like insult them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what it's like. It's like football index are nagging us. Yeah. It's like, no, let's fuck these bastards off. Let's keep them hooked. Yeah. Do you know, let's play let's hard to get. Let's fuck them off. Let's fuck them off. And then there's that point where that's that, they're just about to lose the girl. You're just about to lose the girl. And then they offer us the coat. And then bang, stick the compliment in. And then she's that's all yours. Don't worry. But you go too far. You go too far. You drive too many people away. But that's you know, it. But that, that announcement is brilliant. I mean, and this big thing about the one billion pound market as soon as possible. And if they reach one billion, who's to say that they can't go on to five billion, ten billion one trillion you know, dollars? Like <laughs> you know, and, well, and what what he said made perfect sense in the announcement. You know, they want to remove themselves from the market and be the be the provider of the platform, uh, and it to be a proper alternative asset you know in, in yeah. that regard well i suppose just um now we'll move on yeah. if you're happy to don yeah go on so the next thing just to cover it and get it out of the way do you know we, we can be all buddy buddy don and, and move on and break down the end <laughs> well, straight away now. you know what's coming yeah. but the reason i'd say a lot of people are here and fair play to them for for hanging on with us for the, the last 25 minutes or so um a lot of people here to find out why you disabled the Twitter account, and they also want to because I've seen a lot going on, and the, the, you'd be amazed how much people follow you, how many people follow you, don't and care. It wasn't that long after you'd sent me a message saying, "Look, I'm going to take a bit of a break from this for a day or two. If you need me, here's my, my number to to organise the pod." It was not long after that. You're talking within an hour, um, people were on Slack, and I was getting tagged and stuff saying, "Oh, he's going on his podcast and this." People realised, and people wanted to know what was going on. Um, was it anything to do with sort of Wednesday evening Sancho events or Thursday afternoons Trent Alexander Arnold events? We can go into that after, like, yeah. but was it to do with that? I think, yeah, I'm quite a all or nothing sort of person, you know, and it's to do with the the trading style that I had was quite passive and stress free, you know, for two and a half years. And then I went for the big, big into Trent Alexander Arnold, big into Sancho. I put like maybe a lot of money, like, I probably put. Four hundred thousand pounds worth of money into eight players, you know, everyone like Trent, Sancho, Kimmich, Dybala, Havertz, etc. And then it gets a bit more stress. Like it's a lot of psych- psychology is everything in football index, and you can't turn it on or off. It's the way you feel. It's like chemically inside you. The only way you can change the way you trade is by uh, by not. Like a lot of it's subconscious, but then mm. you have to consciously make changes to your subconscious actions. Yeah. So in the last month since I made the big changes, I, I think I made changes for the better, and I was always prepared for it to look negative at some point. Uh, so it's been it has been a bit stressful. I've all I've had all them Kimmich, you know Joshua Kimmich near misses. Oh jeez, yeah. You know, and it it pulls at the heartstrings a bit more than I'm used to because. Once upon a time when I had maybe a thousand Kimmich and he missed it, it was like, oh, well, that's another loss. But then someone else would take his place and win, you know. But now it's like, it's like a bit of a gut-wrenching thing. So I'm learning all this. This is probably 
what other traders have been through. You know, like Panda with his loads of Sancho's. He probably goes through it week in, week out, or maybe he, just, he doesn't bother, but it affects us all differently. So I've been quite... Uh, so emotionally, it's been a bit more volatile, let's say. But I'm all right with it. You know, I'm used to winning and losing in my other gambling activities. I'm quite a good loser. I know that you've got to learn to lose to be able to win in life as well as in betting. Anyway, I've, and recently, in the last couple of weeks, the silence from Football Index was really pissing me off. I wanted to know what the roadmap was. You know, you put £400,000 into a few players, you start getting a bit twitchy and uncomfortable about having your money, so much money tied up in a product and you don't know where it's going. And we've just had the pandemic. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world. Like, And everyone, like what, like what you're saying, I think it was Index, Index Logic said on Twitter about there's a lot of positivity. There's two things. There's, there's the people pushing the product. They won't hear a bad word against it. That's what you were alluding to before. It's like positive, positive, positive. Don't put the new users off if you say anything bad. And then the flip side of that is the people that left, you know, like when COVID came on, they sold up and left because they didn't like the way football index was made it going. That's their decision. But it's like one extreme or the other. Mm. So uh, so basically I was getting to that extreme where I wasn't really liking where it was going. I felt a bit uncomfortable. And actually, well, you, know, you, know your pod, you know your podcast with Stephen Goldstein? Yeah. He, he made a big, he made a, that was a really good podcast actually. I learned a lot from that. Because the good thing about that was, I'm gonna I'm gonna get onto the point in a minute. The good thing about that podcast was he wasn't a member of Football Index, but he put in so many rele- relevant viewpoints, uh, good learning viewpoints. Uh, there was a lot to take away from it. But he, he put out a tweet the other day, and one of them was most people's worst setbacks are preceded by not feeling the uncertainty that was already there. That's why you must always practice risk management. So my my sort of risk management sort of uh, feelings were like twitching do you know what I mean mm. and then sorry what were you going to say yeah so like like Stephen Goldstein as you mentioned him there I think he's a lot of what he's been posting the last few days and again his following it like if I click on him here let me just check yeah okay so there's like 35 maybe of the football index community follow him of his 15,000 followers and um, that was my lo- most listened to podcast ever because of the gems he put out there. But like a couple of things he's posted over the last few days are so relevant to what's going on in football That's what index. I keep thinking, yeah, basically I, not I, not just about football index, but being aware of the negativity. You can't just go positive, positive, positive. It's got to be exactly. a balance. You know, this is where you're. But on Twitter, it just it divides into positive or negative, and it's very rarely meets in it very rarely meets in the middle. You know, where you can exactly. have a sensible discussion. So I've got the, the two of them here, and the one that you said is most people's sort of setbacks were preceded by not feeling the uncertainty that had always been there. That's why you must always practice risk management. And what that shouts at me is it's in Football Index. The people who are just sitting there saying, oh, Rockets, have faith. Do you know, those who have faith in a time of uncertainty will make the most money and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's fucking fine. Yeah. But you're forgetting one crucial thing here, and that's risk management. Do you know, you need to be conscious of it. If you're not taking it into account, you're not... You're not you're not giving yourself the best edge you can. I'm, you're not taking everything into account. Yeah, I'm sticking. And one that I literally yeah, on, retweeted, sorry, Don, just before yeah. we started recording, was deliberate avoidance of thinking about potentially bad outcomes 
is done so as not to allow negative energy to disrupt our processes. The irony is that considering bad outcomes paradoxically leads to less bad outcomes. So that's about, you need to consider the negative. And people who shit on people and say, oh, fuck off to food stock, or oh, way off to sports stock, or yeah, yeah. If, you, if you don't, you, you need to be able to embrace a dip, do you know, we've had a period of great growth. That's fucking great, lads. But it's a discussion, it's not an argument, you're not right. You might be wrong, and that goes both ways. This is the way I think about it. This is a bit of a negative thing, but it's meant as a positive. But I mean, I've got most of my money. I've got enough. I haven't put too much in that I can't afford it. You know, if the football index went wrong, uh, I'd still be able to live. So never put in more than you can afford. But I've got that much money in football index that if I've got financial advice, he think I would. If I, or he or she, the financial advisor, would think I was barking mad. By having that much money in one company, you know you might have fourteen hundred players, but at the end of the day, your money's in one company. Yeah, you're back uh, on one horse. <laughs> yes, yeah, so there's no diversity now. Football index is a new concept; doesn't work out. Like you, you might get some money back, but you might get half your deposits back if you were lucky after two years of legal wranglings. So, there's you've got to pay attention to the risk, the downside of it all. You know, so exactly. that leads into your original question. You know, I was feeling a bit unsettled and, you know, I wouldn't say it on Twitter, but, you, you know, you feel it for yourself. You know, I, I don't feel it now because that, the announcement was great. But on, on was it Wednesday night when Trent Alexander-Arnold scored that goal? Uh, and he, his price just didn't move. And it got me thinking like, well, why aren't people buying him? He's just scored like a fantastic free kick. You know, he's a sought after player. So what's wrong with the market? Well, we know what's wrong with the market. It's like the matching engine isn't complete, so it's lopsided. So uh, a lot of on-pitch actions aren't actually being reflected in the buying and the selling on the market because like, it's not functioning properly. So I think I just had a bit of a brainstorm after that. And I thought, right, well, about a month ago, I pumped that much money into these players. Uh, like, put a lot of money into the players. Well. Like, what would happen if I took the money out of the players? Would people, if I listed, say, 300, 600, 900 Sancho, would people start to buy them? Like, obviously, there's a queue, so they'd be buying off other people, which is a bit wrong. But so I listed, so I did list a lot of Sancho. I think it was on Wednesday night, and nothing happened. There was no bias, so I unlisted them. So it was a bit of a, you know, I've been a passive trader for two and a half years mainly so it was a bit of experimentation what would happen to the price i was like playing about like for my own like reasons like to see what price i could get for my asset if you like and then i slept on it and then i came back the next day i thought right well nothing happened with sancho what would happen with trent alexander arnold so so i did the same thing listed a load you know I could see people talking on Twitter and index gain. So, I mean, that fuels the fire, you know, big Don, like let's, let's cause a reaction. You know, it was a bit like, I got into why it was silly in a minute, but so I enlisted a load of Sancho and then people started buying. So then I left it a bit, which I probably left it too long, but then, then I enlisted and then obviously the price dropped to nine pounds. I think it, the drop, the price dropped to like eight pounds 99 and people were actually getting matched at eight pound 80 maybe. And then, and then I unlisted and then it returned to £9.44. So like, so that was that. 
obviously I wasn't really doing it for I wasn't doing it to gain an unfair advantage. I was more doing it to uh, learn what price I could get for them players. So anyway, late in the afternoon, I got an email from Football Index asking what, what the fuck was going on. Not, not in them words, it was quite a polite email, but wanted an explanation. So I sent them an explanation saying basically what I've just told you. I'd be a passive trader. Uh, I would buy and hold for long periods and recently I've adopted a strategy, more active strategy, holding more premium players. Uh, so trying different tactics in line with holding fewer players. And I just explained that it might look like strange trading behaviour and out of character from a normal style. But I figured it was okay. I was like using normal market functions. You know, at the end of the day, a month ago I sent I helped to send Trent and Sancho up by about fifty P. Like there was other buyers as well. But I, I contributed to them really flying. And then like so as far as I was concerned, I'd see in hindsight I was wrong. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm entitled to have a negative impact on the price. You know, I've sent them up thirty P, why can't I send them down thirty P? In hindsight well, see- I can in hindsight I can see that I should have been more thoughtful in my, in my actions. That's what I told Football Index. But it wasn't my intent. I was acting on my own. And it wasn't my, my intention to gain any unfair advantage. So, and I apologised to them via the email, and they came back to me and uh, they came back to me and said that it could be perceived as manipulation of the market, as outlined in our game rules, and any further such activity could result in a suspension pending further review uh, but mm. they appreciated me coming back to them and explaining what I'd done so basically I was just yeah. uh, I was having a play and it was born out of frustration out of the market being so stagnant and stale so I, I, I maybe part of it was I was wanting to create a bit of volatility because nothing was happening you know mm. so but in hindsight, well, in, in hindsight I'll say one thing like, I know I'm rambling on but it was in hindsight it was a stupid thing to do so I'll take it yeah. on the chin. Anyone on Twitter that wants to have a go at me, I'll take it on the chin. But I've never done it before, and I won't do it again. And I can promise I was acting alone. And it was more of an experiment on my behalf. Well, first off, I suppose, for plenty for coming clean. You could have said, fuck all. No one would have known the wiser. Um, it could have been some other big fish that no one knows about, or a collective group um, of people who aren't vocal on, on social media. So fair play with that. Second of all, you're a fucking agent. <laughs> well, um, well, that's but, the thing. Just to cut you there before I forget what I was going to say, but like that, the email for football index came at uh, on Thursday afternoon, and then by the time I'd responded to them, they'd probably shut up shop for the night. So I had a night of like worrying about whether I'd be shut down, you know. So it was like I was risking. In hindsight, I was risking my uh, my football index account for. The moment, not a moment, two moments of madness, or a like twenty-four hours of madness. I risked mm. what I'd done. I risked my uh, football index career for. So, yeah, that's stupid, and I'm an idiot. Yeah. So like, but you live well, look, there. exactly, and I mean, I, I, it's it's a funny one, like because the point you said there about like you know you put the money in and you rose the price by a good bit, and you you're entitled to reduce the price then if you want. 
and that's fair do you know you have your futures if you want to list them all for sale you can fucking list yeah. them all for sale i suppose the suspicious that's part of it is and the hard bit about it is that if you do it and then change your mind very quickly i think it's almost this responsibility when you have a portfolio so large because i can do that 10 times over in a day and it won't have a fucking it, it doesn't matter and football index won't message me but the issue is that what's not to say big don had the phone to his ear to his cousin who lives 400, 400 miles away and he's saying all right i'm gonna do this here now you buy as many as you can fucking tom who lives up and we're, we're somewhere far away from you or me let's say john let's say yeah. john's in cork and john goes and buys a bunch football next have no way of tracking that or working that out or tying you two together so that's where the market manipulation comes in so it's almost like to err on the side of caution they're better just tarring you with the brush than oh, you know yeah, because yeah. It, it you can't prove it and you know the other side of that is i suppose with someone with as much money in the platform as you it must give you a bit of confidence that they are watching that sort of activity well, it's it like, yeah, it, it, now that it's all settled yeah I, like that's right i think panda tweeted that it, like it's good that they're watching it and they put a tweet out at the same time that they sent me the email you know so they are monitoring what goes on so if if you're going to pull a stunt, then beware that they have risk. They have a risk team that are watching the movement of the market. And if you pull stunts that can be deemed to be potential manipulation of the market, then they'll act accordingly. Like maybe they might give you, they'll at least ask for an explanation of what the fuck you're doing. And then if you continue to do it, or if it's really serious breach of the game rules, then they'll strike you off. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, in one sense it does, bring confidence but i think in, in the moment i was just thinking am i bloody shares i can do what the hell i want with them you know <laughs> yeah uh, i don't i mean it maybe wasn't a good look that say for example trent alexander arnold dropped from nine pound 40 to eight pound 99 i don't think football index would have been very happy with that activity and i don't know i mean maybe that prompted them to come in with the announcement the next day just to stop these like shenanigans from going on because maybe there's not just me playing silly buggers there might be other like in, a, in a stale market where nothing's happening uh people are gonna start doing stupid things aren't they you know it's, it's like the teacher going out of the classroom the, the misbehaving class and the <laughs> teacher goes out of the classroom well the class is going to misbehave and get bored you know so like we need to have something to go off so. well look now that we've covered that Don, fair play to you for coming clean um Thanks for timing it so well, do you know? Uh, I couldn't have timed it better no. with you coming on the podcast, the Sable on the Twitter. I must try and get some other guests to do that in future. It worked a treat. <laughs> I think um, I think just to add to that, I think I'm quite a I don't really I do a lot of things in life where I act before I think. You know, and, and I'm forty nine years of age, so I need to uh you're always learning, so you need but I think part of it on Football Index, you want to make a bit of an impact, don't you? Whether it be on Twitter or on Slack or in the market, you want your players to do well and you want to boast about it when they do do well. You know, and have you five, have you a bit of glory or whatever. So right, I think I think I was just trying to stir things up a bit. But yeah, I'll, I'll come clean and it's a bad thing to do, you know. So And, and, and the, the big thing is it can be deemed to be potential manipulation of the market which is what football index aren't happy about you know and it's, yeah. and it's a is a breach of the game rules and if you breach the game rules they're the they're the overriding authority there's no there's there's no sort of uh they're the judge jury judge. and executioner exactly so you better uh 
you better toe the line. Big Don. Big Don. The fucking scumbag. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we'll move on to the announcement. We're going to lighten this thing up. So, uh, well, what have we not been through? And we'll not linger too long. And I think by the time that people get to this, they've they've heard a lot about it and they understand it all. And we've a lot of great questions from people. So we'll just fly through it, kind of skim over it. Score matrix lock for twenty twenty one is amazing. Um, some people who don't like the matrix shit one, but what it does is it gives people confidence in the platform and in specific players. Um, you'll be a very happy man with all your trends. Yeah, definitely. That's a good one for Trent because obviously any any change in the matrix. That, there. Yeah, that, I think the market responded and Trent's been a good beneficiary for a settled matrix for another season and a bit uh, because he, he plays a lot of balls. Like he puts a lot of crosses in. He plays a lot of adventurous balls, doesn't he, to like long balls. He doesn't play the safe option all the time like what a Kimmich would. So... Like he, he can score a lot of points without risk of getting too many negative points, so he's he's a strong hold hopefully for the next year. But I don't yeah. know, like not everyone has to make their own decisions. I mean, he's he's highly priced now. You know, you could probably get a mini Trent for under two quid if he looks, looks hard Trent, enough. Yeah. Well, if anyone finds a mini Trent, let yeah. me know. The the next thing which is huge is the revamp media monitor for next season. Well, when I say it's huge. Yeah. It, that, do you know what that, here's the thing about the, the announcement some of the things we kind of knew were coming so I mean we knew the phase 2 was coming to this so that's not really a big announcement but it's good of a date um, we knew there would be a dividend review at least they've put the word increased in there but to be fair we all knew they were going to be increased if they weren't increased it would have been uproar um, so a lot of these things were actually known but I think what's great here is the dates you know Definitely, set in yeah. stone certainty um, so revamp media monitor for next season. It will be here for next season. I think that's great, and that benefits. We would have to speculate elite European players. Um, we know Erling about Haaland. There's been some research done on that. Uh, Kylian Mbappe, maybe Kai Havertz. I don't know. Um, any up and coming Spanish youngsters? Yeah, I think, you know? I think the three that you mentioned are the uh, the big ones: Mbappe, Havertz, maybe, uh, and Haaland. Yeah, but. For me, like the media is the media. I don't really take a lot of notice of things like that. I'm sort of the more, I'm, honest, I'm, yeah. I'm more the type of person that let football index worry about that. Like I go to the restaurant, meet me meal, don't ask the chef how he cooked it to make an analogy about <laughs> it. But it's good for the platform that you've got that certainty because there, there's been a lot of discussion about uh, media. I think it's FBI trader on Twitter. He does a lot of things about how yep. we could change it and. You know, if they listen to the likes of him, because he seems to be quite a good account, puts yeah, a lot he is of, quite, he's quite balanced and puts a lot of good stuff out there. So, as people know more about it than me, but yeah, if that can be as good as it can be, then that's got to be a benefit because everyone was like talking about media and how maybe we don't need it. But when COVID came along, we, boy, did we need it, didn't we, to get through that crisis? Exactly. You know, it's it's the underpinning of the whole of football index. You know, you. you you might not necessarily have football, so if you if you have the media like pinned down and it's good and entertaining in itself, then and it and it involves a lot of players potentially from the continent because after all it's it is five leagues, so make it a bit more uh, continent friendly, so that more players can maybe win it. I don't know if that benefits everyone, but you know make it fairer and more like fun at the end of the day. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's it's a very important sort of 
thing it's, for the platform. It's so, very important. Yeah. It was an important part of the announcement, but the I think the bit that got me about the announcement was the uh, obviously the increase in the, the new dividend table, which was hinted at being an increase, and everyone's speculating now uh, whether it'll be twenty percent, fifty percent, hundred percent. Like and tie that in with the billion pound quotes that they've been coming in with, you know. And the other thing was in that Q and A, you mentioned a massive, unprecedented marketing campaign because they've had to step back off the marketing, haven't they? Because it would have been unethical in the COVID period, like for them to be advertising heavily. So that's that was really good of them, you know. So they are, are an ethical company, but now I think in the next sort of month, like that. In fact, last night's FA Cup game, they were on the billboards, weren't they? On the BBC Football Index, they were there with Bet Three Six Five. So, they're stepping up the marketing. That all ties in with a big dividend increase. I wouldn't like to put a number on it, but that's going to be a massive day, Thursday, 9th of July, when they because that, that, that's going to that's going to basically say what their intentions are. It's a what, statement of fucking intent. What their intentions are, what the health is, how much money they've got in the coffers. I mean, the, the other thing what I was going to say, I've got it on a post-it note, but it's hard to value a player right now because it all depends on this imminent dividend announcement. I mean, how do you value a player when the dividend it could be? I mean, they could announce a 20% increase, which would be great, 20%, but everyone would be disappointed with that now, I think. Everyone's mm. sort of, I think everyone's expecting between 50 and 100%. Imagine if it was 100%. Yeah. That, that effectively doubles... Does it double everyone's price? Yeah, but what gets me, Don, is this. Last time, 57 blew my fucking socks off. I was not expecting 57. Yeah, I was brilliant. expecting 20, 30. So now everyone has become accustomed to that. And Football Index have to be aware of that. But, you know, their risk or fucking marketing team or whoever they happen to be who do this, sitting around the table, they have to be thinking, all right, we did 57 last time. If we come out now and do 20%, that's going to be a disappointment. So what we should do is they, they would have to time the market until, and wait until the point that they could do a similar or larger increase. Do you know, because if they come out with a 30% one now, it'd just be disappointing, which is yeah. fucking ridiculous and terrible. Ridiculous. You know how Twitter works. Yeah. Um, so I would be surprised if it was under 57. Although it would be fair, and I still think it would be amazing for the market, I think if it's under that 50, it was 57, wasn't it? If it's it under 57. that. 57, yeah. And that was brilliant. Do you know, yeah. Um, and then the other side of that is the weighting of it. You don't know if they spike media by 80%, but only spike the other bits, the PB by 20%. Or like, how do they spike things? Yeah. Or the overall increased percentage could be 50%, but one side of the dividend table could could benefit massively compared to the other. So that's another thing. Um, I, I find it hard. Like, do you know, if you'd have told me three months ago or five months ago, say, John, pick five players are going to raise 10% the next month, I'd have bet a lot of money I could do it just by looking at fixtures, by looking at different things. Now, if you tell me, John, pick 10, well, two days ago before the announcement, if you'd have told me to do that, I'd have struggled. Um, but now that that announcement's happened, I think it's clear who the, the winners are going to be. Yeah. But it's looking, um, it's looking good, but that Thursday, the 9th of July, is like, probably may be the biggest announcement we've ever had. Like, could be. You always say that for every announcement, don't you? But that's like, a, like it's the dividend table till the end of next season. That's uh, potentially... 14 months 15 months well but it's a long time yeah it's massive the next thing phase two of the matching engine in august 2020 we kind of like i don't think that does we don't need to talk about that too much i mean for me honestly like and this is being critical of something that is a really good announcement 
the way, as I said, Adam Cole said, if it was up to the engineering team or whoever they were, our tech guys, they'd have it out next week, but we're going to let the market settle a bit. It kind of makes me think that was bullshit because it, I think it is time to introduce that. It needs you know, it. However, you know, so why would you not do it sooner rather than later? It, the market Maybe. needs it, however. It needs date. So just by knowing it's the end of August, coupled with a dividend increase, which, which is going to be a boost to the market. You see, the, what I was fearing was they'd do some bloody deposit bonus, which wouldn't have done anything. Like it would have, it would have temporarily created a bit of yes. stir. But the increased dividends stuck a plaster on the wood. Yeah, like. stick, yeah a sticking plaster. But that dividend increase is going to take us through to the to the uh, matching engine completion in the order books. You know, so end of August, it's a long time. You'd like to see it sooner, but it, it, the most important things have got a date exactly they're accountable now they, yeah. they have to they have to perform it can't be kicked down the road and then he said he said that bit about uh the switch across the nasdaq and then and then the they were tier one operator which obviously has all the uh the due diligence and the accountability factors going with it but they want to make sure mm. that all the money's clean that's coming into the platform you know because by nature football index hold their funds longer and more than other bookmakers you know the bookmakers you, you might put a bet on and take your money out put your money back in have a bet take your money out you know this is like you put your money in it stays in doesn't it really even if you yeah. even if you're a short-term trader you put your money in you buy sell but then you buy again you very rarely withdraw so i think they've had maybe a tough time becoming a tier one operator and you know being on that level but i think they've they have been seen to be taking it seriously mm. uh, and that, 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 the, the final paragraph i think of adam cole's announcement on the second page we had to click through uh they want to get their intention is to build the value of the market up to a billion pounds as soon as possible which is an open-ended sort of statement but, but you know it could come in the next couple of years two three years uh and the football index market will be driven by passion, which is massive because there's no fun, there's no football index. You know, so it's up to them to keep it fun because that will drive it to the billion. Mm. You know, uh, and yeah. it's going to be brilliant when when that when the technology comes in and the Nasdaq partnership is going to be, it's potentially going to be a real game changer. You know, but we've been saying that all along, haven't we? Oh yeah, that's, I think that's why we're in it. You know, there's... In, in in fifteen years' time, people that have joined Football Index in the next two years, they'll even be early adopters. You know, we'll just be yeah. like mega. You'll be a freak. Yeah, we'll be like mega early adopters. But yeah, that's if everything goes be, well. You'll be like unicorns. It's... The there's a couple of other things here quickly we'll fly over the 2021 expiry extension so like they're saying no shares are going to expire until at least 2021 yeah. that's great for people particularly like you that's an important point though, actually yeah yeah so th that's a huge one to take away now that yeah. doesn't matter i'd say to 95 percent of podcast listeners yeah. i don't think that matters but to someone like you don that's big i think it's very fair um, of them. it is it's fair i mean imagine the uproar and imagine just how shit it would be if yeah. they come in without putting out and i don't know without putting timestamps on and they just Is whip that... out a bunch of your costages or a bunch of your trends or whoever, you know, right now, you would be sickened. So... It all plays into that fact that they removed instant sell, didn't they, for the COVID period, and then they've come back on, and they've, they haven't really reintroduced instant sell. They've introduced the matching engine instead, which isn't them 
buying back shares, that comfort blanket's gone, hasn't it? But to offset that, they've now said that shares aren't going to expire. It would have been unfair if shares could have expired for the remainder of this year because people would have been lumbered with players that might be 60p buy price, 15p sell price. What can you do with that? You know, you can only queue sell them and, and there might not be any demand for them. But I, I think demand for them sort of players will pick up after the matching engine gets formed. So that's giving plenty of time from the end of August when the everything kicks in. You know, you've got you've got uh, offers and bids together. So all the all the uh, spreads should reduce. You can have more volatility, uh, more liquidity. You know, for the back end of this year, safe in the knowledge that shares aren't going to be able to expire at least into the early part of next year. So here's one for you. So that's that's a really big thing that mm, when you look it at is. it. Here's one, and there's there's maybe one or two other quick things on that announcement to discuss, but one that I just need to... A, a, a thing that's kind of fucking with my head about Football Index, and if yeah. anyone listening or you don't know, tell me, right? This this gets me, and this is a worry I have. Oh, no, I'm nervous it, it now. confuses me. Right. So, they're wanting to go to an order book system. Order book systems are peer-to-peer, so basically I sell to you, you sell to yeah. me. They're going to bring in offers. They have said offers will be replacing the sell queue. Yes. So now the number you buy a player for will be what someone is willing to offer you. Now, will that be open-ended completely? Will that be within a percentage of that player's current fictional buy price, which Football Index will have based on the current delta and that 900 or 600 shares to up or down a penny? Like, do they have three buttons? Do they have two buttons? If they have, because, do you know, there's no... You never know how exactly it's going to play out, but I'm envisaging two buttons, like the Betfair model. Mm. Uh, so what I'm expecting maybe is as now if no one wants to buy you've no sell price right that's grand yeah. in terms of buying what I'm envisaging is if no one wants to sell the price is effectively infinity right if no one's willing to sell yeah. but I think what will happen is football index will have a price that you can basically mint new futures for now how do they judge that price that is tough yeah. Do they do it X amount of percent above the last sell order? So let's say, but let's let's say Sancho goes to United, or let let's just just say someone else goes to United. Let's say Ronaldo returns to United, right? Yeah. Everyone wants to buy him, or some. Yeah. Do you know someone? He's not maybe not the best example. Everyone wants to buy him. No one wants to sell him. All the current ones in the market are snapped up in no time. His price is effectively, it doesn't exist. But if let's say his last sale was for four pounds, yeah. Right, and then there's no more left. Do football index come in and say, "Well, we'll mint some new ones for four fifty. But is that fair on the holders? Is that capping the price and saying, "All right, well, four fifty is the price." But what if I want to say, "No, fuck it, I want to sell the con for eight quid." <laughs> Do I need to just list him for eight quid then, and that becomes the new price, or are they going to try and avoid that amount of volatility? Do you know what I'm saying yeah, here? Because yeah, I know yeah, I don't know exactly how it's going to play out, but because like think, on Footstock, yeah. sorry, Don, I keep going here. No, go on. on Footstock, they have a pure order book system. If no one has any sell order in for like it happened recently with Reese James, no one was selling them. Yeah. But one person put them up for a hundred quid, which on Footstar I don't know if you've even given it any time. That's a big price. Yeah. Do you know that that that's one that's a big price for someone like Reese James to give you like he probably sits around fifteen quid now. Yeah. And someone went and bought him because it was the only price. Yeah. But I see it on Football Index. It's like all right, well, what if no one wants to sell their Sancho for less than forty quid? Yeah. Are football index going to go and mint new shares for fifteen? Is that fair on the holders who oh, got I mean, in early? Yeah, I don't think that will happen. It's I a think, struggle. I think 
I think prices will reach them. It's going to be a true, and this is good for the market, it's going to be a true case of supply and demand. You know, players will go up. Because at the end of the day, everything's tagged to the dividend table. So if they do this dividend announcement on 9th of July, it's 100%, which would be brilliant. Uh, then shares like will go up in line with that. Like to so say, like we'll pick Sancho because he's the top man on the index. So he's what is he now? Nearly fourteen pounds. So if they announce a hundred percent dividend increase. You'd expect him to go up to. I mean, it wouldn't be twenty eight pounds. I don't think. But you can go. <laughs> you know, say he went up to. 16 pounds or something but he's going to reach a ceiling point where people think that's too much i'd rather have him i'd rather have say if sancho gets up to 16 pounds there'll come a point where people will say i'm not willing to pay 16 pounds i'd rather have someone else because he's cheaper i'd rather have eight costage instead of one sancho exactly so every that's happening kind of to sancho at the minute you know uh, he went up to 14 pounds 17p and he hasn't really done anything wrong since, but he was probably overpriced after I piled into him. Uh, and he's he's been pegged back because there's alternatives available. You know, that's the beauty of football index. There's always an alternative. No one's like some superhuman. They're all human. So Sancho can't reach £100 now because like people would rather put the money into, say, Kai Havertz or like, like any pick any player. There's, there's, altern- there's always an alternative option. So and and once a player gets too high, this happens on Betfair because you know like comparing it to another market. Once, once a player gets above what his intrinsic price should be, according to the experts, that's when your sellers kick in, and then the price comes down, which, looking long term, is brilliant for football index because that's what they want. They want to remove themselves from the market, and have volatility. They want Sancho to go up to fourteen pounds fifty. And then they want them to crash back down to thirteen pounds, and then the traders will go, "Oh, he's value again, thirteen pounds, thirteen fifty. Then the little micro movements where it's thirteen fifty back down to thirteen forty eight, then back up to fourteen pounds, like because he scores a goal. But it's never going to get carried away because you're always going to be pinned back to the dividend table, you know, that intrinsic value, which is very hard to gauge on football index. Um, mm. So, and if you imagine on a sixteen year career. All them two percents, they're going to be raking in. They, they, like, so they they really want a volatile market, but I don't think players can get out of control on the pricing structure. That you know they might have to introduce things to regulate that, but I don't think it will be. That might be where the market maker comes in, you know, to keep things sensible. So Sancho runs away at seventeen pounds, and it's far too much money, even for a Sancho enthusiast, then the market maker steps in and make, like he starts buying them back. Mm. You know, so I don't know the exact mechanics, but I don't think it'd be too hard to have a market based on supply and demand, which is every, what what every market needs to be really. Uh, I th- like this is one of the good things about the announcement. Every paragraph sort of made sense. You know, to achieve the same standards and volumes found in niche financial markets, we need to adopt the same principles and methodologies, this is quoting Adam Cole, we must also be compliant and transparent, and there can be no suggestion whatsoever that we have the control or ability to manipulate prices. So they're taking themselves out of it, and then 
in a true market, like I keep saying, it's just going to be down to supply and demand, and that's going to be tagged to the dividend table. So, like, but the exact mechanics, like, it's, I'm not quite sure. Well, look, time will tell. Yeah. I trust them to do it. The Nasdaq with them will be fucking sweet. Well, Nasdaq's gonna like any any uh, sort of skill gap that football index have got in regards to market in like uh, running the market. Nasdaq are the bloody world leaders in running markets. So they like they say, how do you do this? Then Nasdaq say we do it like this, and it all makes sense. You know, we're we're sitting here in a half functioning market. We don't quite understand how it's going to work, but it 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 will be very. Uh, very easy to understand i think as we go on and it's probably a good thing that they introduced bids on their own to a certain extent because everyone's getting used to that so when they introduce offers which is the uh, exact opposite of bids uh, then it's going to be quite easy for people to pick up mm. we'll we'll move on yeah. to some questions don um i mean some of these questions didn't age too well uh, there will be some there will be oh. some <laughs> Um, I think, uh, but I mean, we've pretty much covered it anyway. So there'll be a lot of these, honestly, looking at these questions, there's a lot that don't make sense anymore with the announcement. There's a lot that we can just fly over. So on the basis of time, I'm going to give everyone their shout out and read their question. But if we've covered it, I'm just going to brush over it if I feel we've covered it. And if you want to chirp in... I'm not rambling on about one, just cut me off. I'll just cut you off. All right. (laughs) So some, as I say, some didn't age well, so I've left them out. Uh, Thank you for submitting them, but I'm sure you appreciate none of us seen that announcement coming. Neither did you when you posted your question. It's now defunct. Mr. Fuzzman, how much interest does Mrs. Dawn take in Football Index? Does she want to know the overall PL like mine does, or is she lobbying Adam Cole via Twitter for the PB Matrix to favour your man Trent? <laughs> no, she takes like, like zero interest in it, apart from she uh, obviously when your money's in Football Index, you can't get, you can't get spent on uh, clothes from next, can it? Yeah. So she doesn't see any benefit of it. So, <laughs> but but she's uh, pretty nonplussed about it all. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, That's what you want. Get the prenup. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> as long as I keep her happy, and then you know, in regards to giving her enough money to live off, then I can. Like football index is all right, but she she's not interested in the results. You know, I didn't even tell her about Diabala winning with Starman the other day. You know, mm. like it's just she's. She, I don't tell her about my wins and I don't tell her about my losses. It's probably, ah, yeah. it's probably quite a good way to do it isn't it because otherwise well, like, they get stressed out unnecessarily well, that's what you want you, you want the trust yeah. and that's something do you know this is something that's never been talked about in the podcast you know relationships on football and next yeah. like my girlfriend I mean between two platforms here and I have got like 25k in which again if I lost it tomorrow wouldn't affect my livelihood but it's not an amount of money you want to be losing um and especially she's in a different boat than me. She's studying her bollocks off, doesn't earn as much as I do in any way. Yeah. Um, whereas like I have a decent job of this, of a side income of whatever. Um, but it, it can be hard for people who maybe don't have as much money as you to grasp the thought process and the risk. Do you know, yeah. some of the, like sometimes with the discussion, it's kind of like, what geez do you think you should have that do you think we should do this what about doing this and i'm kind of like just fucking leave it off trust me like you know but i'd say that's that's i'd say that's a struggle for a lot of listeners you know loved ones and the kind of the discussion that needs had there because no one understands the platform like we do yeah i'd say one thing really to do relationships but i don't think anyone should be coming along and putting i don't know like put a figure on it put twenty thousand pounds into football index on day one I mean, I started off at four hundred pounds, and 
if you really, really like it, then you put more in and you keep putting more in. And if you don't like it, then you take it out or you, you do it to your own level. But it's important to get that level right. You don't want to have too much in that it's affecting your life too much. You know, and then you don't want to be leaving, leaving your family short because, like we touched on before, when your money's in football index, it's kind of uh, stuck, isn't it? You know, it's not, I mean, you can take some out quite easily, but you don't, you're better off putting in what you can afford and just doing it off that. And then, 100%. Yeah. I have had grief well, before for having too much in, which I've, uh, you know, you address it as you go. But that's another yeah. story. Total Punt says, Total Punt usually gets annoyed when people refer to themselves in the third person, but he finds Don has an amusing way of doing it. Does he use this approach for any particular reason, such as trading his Twitter account as an online character? Yeah, it's just like an online character. Like, it's just so that I'm not putting myself forward on Twitter, I'm putting a character forward. So it just makes it a bit easier to be uh, brash and boastful. But I used to do it on match betting, on match betting forums. So I just took Don from there put them onto Twitter. It for, bit, it's for entertainment purposes really. And then yeah. given Don's yeah, sorry, given Don's regular presence on Twitter, has he heard anything further from FI on plans for three years share expiries? We know the answer to that now, total punt. Yeah. So yeah. That's a good that, that's a that was a really that was yeah it was good that they said that it just gives you that bit of uh mm. leeway. Because that was a big concern for you. I'd seen you talking about it a bit. Yeah, well, yeah. I thought you did a good job on that, though. I have index track. You know, there's all these uh, other offshoots of football indexes and the like index track. He, they've got a good site that you can put your portfolio into and then they'll give you all the expiry dates for all your players. And then you put your portfolio in and then it'll produce charts of who you've got where and produce like data of what what your portfolio is doing, how it's, how it's working compared to the market. So that's worth looking at. Mm. Dan W, Irish FI, wow, great coop getting the big man on board. <laughs> what does he think of all this doom and gloom regarding no IS anymore? Is it a temporary or permanent thing? Is he worried about the future of FI in any way? Yeah. Let's just treat that like we're asking you that now. Yeah. Are you worried in any way? I've never really been worried because I appreciate this as a transitional period. Uh, in the market, doesn't I, I'm one of them that the market doesn't really need IS. Like long term, I think it was there as a. I think Bishop said on Slack, he said, uh, "IS was there, like it's like a bike having stabilizers on, and then when the market gets, like, is working in its proper state, then the stabilizers are taken off. I mean, if you've got a shit player at thirty p, and no sell price, there's a reason for it, isn't there? If you if your player's doing well, then you should be able to sell him on at some stage in that three years, you know, and. I think I've had this discussion before, but say you buy two 30p players, right? Uh, like they're the same, they're both 18. Like one of them, 30p, in three years' time, he might be worth £5, like if he does well. The other 30p player might be worth zero. So you've had two two players, but one's gone to £5, one's gone to zero, but you've done quite well overall. You know, So it's maybe not something to worry about, is having a player that... It's just like losing a bet, isn't it? You know, yeah. Football index is like a long horse race. You know, like when when the horses enter the stall, the stalls, uh, all horses have got the value, haven't they? And then if a horse has a good start to the race, then he's got more value, and then he's got more and more value because he's taking the lead, and then all of a sudden he gets pipped on the line. Oh, he's got zero value. You know, that's 
that's <clears throat> so football index is a bit like a horse race that's played out over a 16 year career on average mm. so and so some of the some of the horses are going to get beat yeah is my reply to the... that well, no, that, that's a nice answer. Uh, Metropolis, I'll pick one of his. Are there any advantages or perks to having a big account with FI, for example, an account manager, trader committee, etc.? Yeah. Well, there was the account manager. I haven't heard from him for a while. Uh, <clears throat> there's no like perks as such. You're just treated the same as everyone else. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much that exact same. Yeah. I suppose it's nice being able well, to have a bit more how, influence how, in the market, maybe. How big's big? Do you know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. <clears throat> it's like every level, isn't it? There's people with like £100 in, there's people with 25000 in, there's people with half a million in, and then I think there's some people with maybe between 2 and £3 million in. In the future, down the line, there might be people with £10 million in. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> how big's big? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. How big is big? How did you decide who to call? This is from FIT69. Yeah. Was it literally, is he shit or happy with the profit on him, nearly at the end of three years on him? Is he injured? I have a lot of players but struggle to list or instant sell. Yeah. Need advice to take the plunge? I went I went through all the ones that were easy to sell at first. and So I, I got rid of a lot of good players, players that I liked. The hardest one was Tony Cruz because I really like, like him on Football Index and enjoy watching him. And he he got ditched. You know, so I was quite ruthless. But anyone yeah. that was saleable, really. And I've still got 640 players left, and they're the ones that are hard to sell. But I've got faith that in the next year, I'll be able to sell a lot of them. But maybe I want to hang on to a few. You know, like there might be players that I've got in the sale queue that I'll take off. Uh, but I'm not overly worried. It's like the selling of the whole port is a long term process. Yeah. And if it gets near the three-year expiry, then I'll have to probably think about taking drastic action. But then obviously I've got an extension on that now. Yeah, you can sit in your hands on that. And the, the other thing is, like my three years is November twenty seven November twenty seventeen. I started on Football Index, so you didn't buy all your portfolio on that day if, when you started. It's staggered over time, isn't it? So in reality, I've probably got over a year left on most players anyway, like between one year and three years on most of my portfolio. So there's nothing urgent, and hopefully in the next year the market will be volatile and liquid, uh, and you'll be able to sell and buy as you please more than what we can now. Yeah, we are in a very much a transitional phase where we are missing instant sell, but instant sell isn't going to be even discussed in nine months' time. It will be like I'm going to sell him, I'm going to buy him, I'm going to sell him, I'm going to buy him. You know, it's just going to be like. It's going to be a proper market. It's not a proper market yet. That's exciting. The FI Gardener, uh, what do you? What made you decide to change your strategy so drastically? I think we've covered that. Um, but the main thing, I'm hoping this picture has nothing to do with you, mate. I've, I've seen it circulating Twitter a while back. It's just a gravestone saying, The Dawn. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, I think he was out for a walk, wasn't he, one day? And he came across that gravestone, The Dawn. And then, put, the dawn. Yeah, and then you disabled your Twitter account. Yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> panicking people for fuck's sake. <laughs> well, that, that's it. You yeah. see, that, that's a bit of a psychology thing. That, like, if people see that and then you disappear from Twitter, people, even though they're two unrelated events, people put the two and two together because they've got the gravestone in their mind and you disappear. They think you've uh, carked it. Uh, well, like there was, it's a little there was bit a about time. just 
it's a little bit like I go to uh, my local supermarket and they've got a cardboard cutout of a policeman at the front door. Like obviously he's not going to do anything, but it puts in your mind. Like if say if you were a shoplifter, which I'm not, but if you were a shoplifter, it puts in your mind police. So it makes you less likely to do any stealing because you've you've thought about the police. It's like it's like uh, psychology getting into your fucking head. Yeah. It's uh yeah because I remember there was a while you were very active on Twitter when I started out and then there was a period you kind of went off it for a while yeah, I get, and I was kind of like I get pissed. fuck is he all right yeah, and that's the thing you get on Twitter it's yeah. like no one really knows who many people are that's why I like have my name there I'm it's, I'm kind of accountable but like yeah um I think like someone could literally die and you're oh, just like could, oh yeah. they must have given up football index and like let's say I'm gone someone who you've probably went back and forth with for like years. Do you know, yeah, it's a weird, weird then thing. Then you never know. Yeah, it's a bit, exactly. it's a bit of a strange one, that, yeah. I'm looking forward to, like, a meet-up. I think the, the trader meets will be brilliant yeah. when they're back. I've actually done about four or five trader meets in the time of that. I uh, treat that as part of my due diligence to Football Index. You know, they're, they're big on, like, checking us out. The trader meets give you a chance to check them out and make sure that you're happy with, with them. And also, it's good to meet other people, you know, a lot of like-minded, like-minded people and through some yeah, digs. They are worth attending. I enjoy mm. the one in Dublin. Mm. I'd love them to have one over here again. I'd love them to put more of an effort into marketing in Ireland. They've literally zero effort over here. But I understand that, you know, London's the same size as Ireland in terms of population and probably more of a football yeah. interest. But, but Ireland are, uh, you know, they, they like the gambling, don't they? You know, they're a... We do. We do. Small bit of marketing here would go a long way. It would yeah, go a very long way. Um, there's actually a stadium in Cork which is like the second biggest city in Ireland and they're selling the naming rights to it but it's only like a small club Cork City but I mean do you know you could buy that for probably well within Football Index's budget that would be a good yeah, way to yeah. start their market yeah. in Ireland Football Index focus now you're at 667 players do you plan on decreasing this further or are you happy with your spread now how much time do you spend on FI compared to other forms of gambling which you know you're big into yeah I'm uh, going to continue decreasing up to a point but I haven't got any fixed time scale for that. And in answer to the other part of the question, I spend quite a lot of time on football index, more than I should. And a lot of, I do less other gambling and more football index related activity. Because the other thing is when you've got a lot of money in a few players, a lot of my time now is spent watching them players. You've got to watch them. You know, so if Kimmich is playing, Trent, Sancho, and Dybala, I'll always make sure I watch their games. I don't actually watch their games, I watch them to make sure that they make sure that they're cutting the mustard for one thing, make sure that they're playing well. And if they get injured, obviously I want to know pretty quick. So yeah. it, it does so my new tactic has made me more involved, I think. But I think you've got you've got to have time away from it as well. It can football index can literally take up your whole life if you let it. Which they don't very easily. I don't think they want that. Obviously, that's a like a sign of addiction. So you, it needs controlling. You need to maybe have a bit of off time. Mm. I'm as susceptible as that as anyone else. FBI trader, do you worry about changing strategy during a set of unique circumstances? COVID nineteen, end of season, partial matching engine implementation. Were you planning ahead, or was it a gut instinct call? I think it was a gut instinct call, really. You know, and I don't think it was the right time to do it. The right time to do it might have been before COVID struck, but then that caught us all by surprise. So, but I got my opportunity when the matching came in, matching engine came in, and I thought I just had this 
big flash of light that I would be better off selling a load of my players and going into the uh, the premium players, rightly or wrongly. You know, I'm quite happy with the decision after a month, but I have had moments where I've doubted it. Yeah. Also, there's a big risk factor. I actually said the other week in a discussion that I'd, I'd like to see them bring out uh, insurance on players. And Football Index have actually hinted at bringing out insurance, you know, because if you've got a lot of money in a player, if you could insure their life, like basically insure their life, then it could bring quite a good piece of peace of mind. You know, if you've got, say, £100,000 in a player, you might willingly pay a fee of £200 a year to insure your stake money. For instance, I think that that's something that they're thinking about introducing. Uh, maybe next, maybe two or three years time, really, for that. An independent kind of insurance company. Yeah. Ginger Pirlo does Big Don curse his luck slightly that he went balls deep before the matching engine came in, or does Big Don not give a fuck? <laughs> I think I think there he's referring to. I was using market buyer. You know, when I was going through my phase of buying Sancho and Trent Alexander-Arnold, and it was very visible, uh, Big Don, I was on the ticker quite a lot, and people were talking about it. But I think that attracted quite a lot of other buyers. You know, it was quite a move. I only contributed to some of the move, and mm. quite a, a lot of other people joined in. Whereas if you used the, the ma- matching engine, it would have been a slower process, and I would have lost out on a lot of the rise. So there's probably pros and cons. But I think I want to make a big move as quickly as possible. So in doing that, I chucked away a bit of value. Yeah. You know, just it went them. against it went against the grain a lot because I'm a value better. You know, in my well, I'm starting off match betting where you're looking at value there and then. So when I chuck away value on football index, uh, it kind of does go against the grain. But sometimes it's good to take a loss if it's going to benefit you in the future. You know, if it's calculated loss. Mm. But there's um sorry, go ahead. But you never know if it's, it's everything everything plays out all the time, doesn't it? And you can only know the right answer when you look back. It's hard to know the right answer looking forward. It's like every single time you buy a player on football index, you're always thinking you never know for certain they're gonna go up. You know, a lot of them do, or a lot of them have, but it's it's like when people were buying Sancho at six quid. You know, if they thought he was going to go to fourteen pounds, they would have been putting like, uh, would have been putting like all the life savings on him. Yeah, I know. I know some people did, but that's fair play to them. Mhm, a hundred percent. Um, Joe Felix says the last time you were on the High Wide and Handsome podcast, I was sitting by the pool in Portugal. My God, that's depressing. Question: How fun is it? <laughs> how fun is it holding that much TAA and pulling in stupid amounts of IPDs? Also, out of curiosity, what player in your port has the highest ROI? Right. Uh, well, yeah, it's quite good fun. You know, when Trent Alexander-Arnold scored that goal the other day, I was sitting on the couch. When he, when the free kick went in, I jumped off the couch, literally, and screamed. <laughs> but bloody hell, what a free kick that was. And, you know, it was... Oh, then he got fucking subbed off. Yeah, yeah he got... And then, because, yeah, I thought the uh, I thought he was going to get star man. And then, yeah, he got subbed off, didn't he? And didn't win anything. Like, I got the IPDs. But it was a bit of a Kimmich uh, scenario all over again. So yeah. I had the big high of the free kick going in, and then the low, the low of not getting the uh, star player or the top defender even. But this is the thing you've got you've got to like like uh, is always said the bet rolls on, doesn't it? You're not you're not losing mm. your bet. So 
but it does give you quite some big highs and big lows along the way. And who's my biggest ROI? Return on investment. A rough estimate. You, you, you take a while scrolling yeah. through all those players. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Just going for biggest profit. I've got Audrey Azola at 24p and he's 69p now. That's a big percentage. That's all right. So I've got a lot like that, really. I've sold off a mm. lot. I think before I changed strategy, I think I had Curtis Jones at nearly, I think he was 800%. Jesus. I think... It, Back in, I think back in the day, I had Luka Jovic when he was doing well. I think he was over a thousand percent. You know, like not. I think I only had two hundred and forty shares in him because everyone used to criticise me for not topping up. Mm. Uh, so I've had some big percentages in the time, but I think with the change in strategy, that's going to be uh, less and less now. Yeah, FI Jack, we've already actually covered that. Thanks for the question. We've covered it. Let me see. Indecisive FI, what's your biggest share hold share wise? Biggest hold share wise is, and biggest hold monetary wise, is Trent Alexander Arnold. Rightly or wrongly, because there might be a mini Trent out there. A mini Trent, yeah. Fuck. Imagine finding a mini Trent. You need to find a, a team with the same system. Do you know, like a system like that? And uh, it's just such a perfect storm. English as well. Um, DWT has football index questioned the ability of the traders on the platform by introducing order books in a step by step process. Seems they've shot themselves in the foot by slowing the market down during what should have been an exciting time. Amateur move. What do you think about that? Well, that was that was pre announcement. Yeah, but I think I think the I think, probably... I think yeah, we talked about that when the market slowed down and then they've done the announcement. I think I can see both sides of it. They introduce one half of order books and it gets people used to it. It's, it has introduced a new dynamic to trading, uh, people being able to put bids in and get the match quite cheaply. But since the announcement, I don't think people are getting as many bids matched as before. Yeah. Ja FI submitted a question. Thank you for that, but we've already covered it. Now there's a couple of just awkward ones before we end. Um, now, I like the awkward ones. I, we, We've probably already covered these now, but I'm just going to read them because um, I had them in the, the manipulation section of the podcast yeah. notes. Uh, Cor- they're both from the, the forum, actually. Coriolanus. Coriolanus. Is he still doing the pod? This was after the obvious question now. Why did he delete his Twitter account? We've covered that. Was it him manipulating the market and therefore does he feel at risk of his account being suspended? Covered all that. Seem to have a dig at SG depression episode, and they claim to have issues himself, etc. Is he all right? I missed that. Whatever that is. Oh yeah, I had a bit of a thing with SG, but I sort of got the wrong end of the stick because when when Football Index put out the thing that they look at, do monitor the market for trader practices, SG put out a big tweet saying "Buy Don," you know, in a GIF. So I, yeah. I took it the wrong way. I didn't take it as a joke. I took it as a bit of a, like, kick Don out. So I think so I, I said, well, I, I had a bit of a ding-dong and then I ended up apologising. Yeah. yeah. So. I missed that. Well, Don's been a bit I naughty this week. For... Don, geez, you've had a fucking big week of it. What yeah, a time. I'll have a quiet week next week. <laughs> SG, I think I applauded him for coming out in the depression thing, but I don't think he likes me. Well, that's um, it. Yeah, <laughs> I think it, yeah, I think 
I think everyone's all right, really. The problem is on Twitter, it sometimes exposes like our like uh, bad sides or whatever. You know, mm. but I think everyone's all right, really, aren't they? In fact, uh, I messaged SG to apologise to him himself, you know, and he came back and we had quite a good discussion. So that's good. Uh, like, like, you know, it's all, I think sometimes you can have a bit of a spat on Twitter, can't you? And sometimes if you make up after it, it's 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 quite a good thing well do you know what it is right there's a whole like side of the twitter and i mean it could only be five or ten people it could be 15 but when it's such an active platform and you're one of the voices on it you kind of expect everyone to kind of chat to you but there's a side that have just blanked me completely and ignore my existence oh. and it's the whole fig side of things and that's fine yeah. but i mean it's gonna be a trader meet someday we're gonna be sitting having a oh. pint and i'd expect people to say hello yeah, exactly, or if i yeah. say hello for them to be fucking nice people do you know what i mean yeah it's fucking twitter and we're grown men i, I just don't get it i just don't get it well there's room for everyone yeah. isn't there like i think when exactly like it's like when you're a new trader or whatever it's like you've got to know your place but you know just everyone's equal really i mean if if i want to start a podcast tomorrow then like, I should be able to do it. I'd help I? you set it up. Yeah. I'd fucking help you, know, you set it up. The like, more the merrier, really, isn't it? You know, and yeah, people are listening you know. to the, the listen to the favorite podcast, but it's all part of the uh, culture growing up. You know, fo- how many podcasts is there to do with football itself? There's thousands. Exactly. You, know, you, pick, you pick and um, choose. The like, I mean, it's a community starved economy. I'll tell you what, really, though. So one of your one one of my favorite podcasts that you did was the one with FPL. You know, I'm. I've had some right big slang, slanging matches with him on Twitter, yeah, but yeah. you know when he came on your podcast, I thought it was he spoke really well. So mm. you know, it's take it as you find. Mm. Absolutely. Um, how did you feel when you put thousands into Trent Alexander Arnold and telling everyone you expected a div increase the next day, uh, only for AC not to mention div increase, but instead casually drop a possible pb matrix change so this has changed now because there is a, an increase but ref- at the time did you kind of kick yourself well he's referring to the uh q a isn't he which was perceived yeah. as being a bit negative i didn't really perceive it as being negative i just he was like playing he was playing with a straight bat that night ac wasn't he and his his remark about the pb matrix was pounced on you know, but like I'd done all that thing where I'd deposited, no, not deposit, bought a lot of Sancho and Trent Alexander Arnold, and there was quite a lot of, uh, there was quite a lot of positivity in the market, and then AC's Q and A came along and it sort of nipped it in the bud, and then it's been nipped yeah. in the bud for about two weeks or three weeks or whatever, and then everything's rosy again now. So it's mar- market cycles, but yeah, I felt. I didn't. I wasn't really bothered, really, because I did a strategy mm. change, and then he, 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 he can't, I can't really control what he does, can I? So it's mm. you know it swings and roundabouts. I mean, the Q and A was a real negative for me, yes, but I, I didn't really perceive it as that. But then the announcement on Friday night was a positive because then they said the matrix was going to be unchanged. Because AC in the Q and A never said that they were going to change the matrix; they were just going to look at it. But people took that to mean they were going to change it. You know, so it's mm. it's how you uh, it's how you read it. You know, the last question. Actually, actually, sorry, just to go on that that announcement from Adam Cole. You know, the two pages worth. He said yeah. more in that in every paragraph than what he did in that uh, question and answer session on Twitter, which took an hour. You know, he just played a yeah, straight back then, didn't he? But this time he came out with like 
about seven different pieces of information which were all like relevant. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like the informal nature of the Q&A and it's great to have that, but at the same time, there's only so much you can say and if you can't say anything, don't do it. It would almost be nice to have an announcement kind of through a Q&A or something. Yeah. I don't know. On that night, he didn't have anything to say, did he? So, Mm. it was a bit of a waste of time. Or like a a live stream question type thing would be good. Yeah. Do you know? That would be that would get a lot of engagement. Um, the last question we've already covered, so I'll just give them a shout out. Saf two thousand. What are your views on the Trump market manipulation? Being such a big holder, you've a massive stake in what happened and how FI react. Um, but you've covered that. So Don, I think we'll wrap it up. It's the hour and a half mark. Um, thank you so much for your time. It's been a really good podcast. Do you, if people want to find you, yeah. what's your handle? Well, the easiest place to find me is uh, on Twitter, and it's at Index Big on twitter so mm. you give me a follow um if, usually if people send me a message i'll get around to sending them a message back eventually any questions are welcome so uh but thank you for having me on the podcast no thank you and we'll maybe not leave it so long next time yeah six um, months yeah next time you're going to disable the account let me know yeah. um help drum up some excitement so <laughs> we'll get it going yeah to be fair disabling your account on twitter is quite quite a good way to get away from it because sometimes you just mm. like feel like you've got to look at it so disable it for about three days and then come back but yeah yeah oh geez i'd have it disabled for six days of the week if i didn't have to kind of keep my ear to the ground for the podcast but yeah yeah i think it's, it's, there's a lot going on there a lot of negativity character limits kill me yeah. but you know ultimately i think you know you get a lot from it oh, as yeah. well so yeah. it's 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 but, get, weeding out the the shit information from the uh, good information exactly exactly but don look we'll we'll leave it there thanks again i really appreciate it and fair play to you for kind of coming clean on the yeah the trent stuff and the sancho stuff but um look we'll chat soon yeah all right thanks john cheers <laughs>